When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. All right, we're back. We here. We're doing it. It is time. The draft is over, but we still have some deconstructing to do. That's right. I'm back. It's draft us, and we are here to talk about a couple of teams and the drafts. All right, I'm not really into musical comedy either, but that's how it went. All right, that's how we go. I don't edit for shit, everybody. You get to hear it. It's what comes out of my mouth, into my tongue, and out the door. There we go. So we're back at Draft Vice. If you want, you can follow the podcast at Draft Vice on Twitter, at Draft Vice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at Brojo Death Punch. That's B-R-O-J-O. Death is in the end of life. Punch like I did to your mama last night. And uh, I also have a new project coming out. It's called Punk Law 101. It's at Punk Law. Punk as in that punker. Uh, kind of how I dress. Law as in don't break the law, you animal. And 101, that class you took. So anyway, um, and I'll give more details on that as that comes out. Uh, but before we get into that, I hope you tuned into the, the live stream uh, on draft night. If not, uh Maybe you tuned in day two, and if not, I really hope you tuned into Sunday night's live show. That is actually in the uh, that's in the downloads for the podcast, so that actually is available. Uh, everything else is on on the YouTube. Uh, the, the I don't know if you really want to rewatch a whole draft night of of uh, of a show, but the live show we did on Sunday was fun. Everybody, go check it out. There's a lot of great guests on that show. I might do more live shows in the future. Uh, I'm thinking about it. I'm not quite sure, but uh, it was a fun deal. We went over our initial reactions on the draft, some of our top ones, some of our winners, some of our losers. But today we're talking about two teams, two teams in general. One, you know, I'm a fan of and the other. Well, not a fan, but but I, I hey, it's cool. It's a cool team. Yeah, we're talking about the Arizona Cardinals, not the one I'm a fan of. And yes, everybody, the Cleveland Browns. I, I figured it out. I'm going to do my team first or early. This time around, because I felt like the last time I did this is like I, I waited too long to do the Browns, right? Or I I used them as my backup plan because I just knew them, right? So I was like, okay, if I didn't prep one day, I had a guest coming on, I need to fill some time. This is not what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm being so truthful right now. Let's get into the teams, everybody. Um, yeah. So we had the Arizona Cardinals. They picked eighth. Uh, they didn't pick in the second round, and then they picked uh relatively higher in the in the third round, and. Man, did they had they had an interesting draft, right? Um, but first, let's talk about their team in general. What they do this off season. From last we spoke, we last you know we talked about the Arizona Cardinals. We talked about them in some of the uh, the free agency episodes. But we we did a looking forward episode like February twenty fifth. That was before free agency. Everybody, that was before they traded for DeAndre Hopkins, extended DJ Humphreys, re-signed Marcus Gilbert. They transitioned Tad Kenyon Drake. They signed linebacker Devondre Campbell. They, uh, uh, formerly of the Falcons, Jordan Phillips, formerly of Buffalo, uh, Devin Kennard, formerly of the of the Lions. And you're going to see a trend here, right? They they went out and not just like a normal trend of players that you typically got, but there was a trend of uh, the the types of players they went after, right? They also traded away David Johnson, right? Everybody remembers that move. It's how they got DeAndre Hopkins. Him and a second rounder got you DeAndre Hopkins. Dear God, man, the the going rate right on all all pro receivers, man. Even the the GM at the draft of the Arizona Cardinals just went. Yeah, you guys even mentioned the fact what happened at pick 40, right? Pick 40, what we got for that? Yeah, a, a three-time all-pro receiver? Hmm. 
he was he seemed a little bit like now that this deal's done let me just start bragging about it it's true i watched the, all the press interviews that's part of this i'm gonna watch the press interviews i'm gonna give you some information look at the depth chart uh talk about like the the previous history with these teams and arizona man they had an interesting draft they had a good draft at least the the, the top two picks were amazing right uh first pick pick eight first round top 10 pick and what do they get isaiah simmons comes to the mid eight. Oh, it's a beautiful pick they loved it now everybody's going like wait i thought you were gonna go offensive lineman but they're like this is a weapon and and actually it made sense right um listening to uh the conversation that that uh that time had uh in with the reporters as far as why he picked isaiah simmons was one he was the highest he was one of the highest top five graded guys on his board right and he said listen this guy's elite this is a blue chip talent i'm going for him he's got position versatility played multiple roles and this is true he played he played everything from free safety to slot corner to linebacker to pass rusher, and he did well at all those things. He's good at ru rushing the passer. He's good at playing in coverage. He can erase tight ends. He is a weapon, and, he, and they knew it, and they said, you know what? This guy is too good to pass up on. He's too much of a surefire thing. He will, he will win at any position we put him at on the defense, and I, I agree with that. I think this is a great player. Uh, is it what I would have done at eight for the Cardinals? I actually don't know. I think it depends. I think it depends on your team build and your makeup. With the Arizona Cardinals, there was questions about their offensive line, but there's also the the aspect that their offensive scheme uh, builds up around. Like it doesn't really focus on the offensive line. It's a lot. It's a very horizontal scheme. I think they probably could have benefited from an offensive lineman there. But if you you said this guy's so universally good, and we think we can get better at the offensive line in other areas. We'll stick with this. All right. And they ended up doing it anyway. It's, it, they didn't have a pick in the second round. That was DeAndre Hopkins' trade. Um, and then the third round, Josh Jones, right? Guy who I felt like was the fourth best tackle in this class. Falls to them in the third round. A little sloppy in his mechanics, but, dude, he was great. You watch him uh, pass block. You know, he, he very rarely lost a rep. He didn't, you know, it was... It was amazing to watch him. And as far as using him in run blocking, dude, they used him like he was a guard. But he was a tackle. He was a pulling tackle. It was great. I like watching him play. Uh, I've made it known I'm a big fan of his on the podcast before. Uh, maybe he'll send me a letter. Hopefully not. Um, you know, so they get him in the third round. And, again, they do a press conference. They only have one pick in the, in the on day two, so they do a press conference for him. They're like, this is great. He fell to the third round. He was a top 30 player on their board which I think is really cool. Uh, for for Isaiah Simmons, he was a top five on their board. So they already had two first-round picks in their head. That was amazing. That happens a lot, actually. It's a little less shocking than you think because everybody has their own board and how they rate players. Uh, and then plus they have Gilbert back, Marcus Gilbert. They extended DJ Humphreys. I think they, they feel good about their offensive line. I don't think they feel great about their offensive line, but it's better than it's been in the past, and they even upgrade a little bit more. Uh, like I was saying before, you're going to see a theme here, right? They went ahead. They uh, they 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 signed a bunch of defensive players in free agency. They signed, uh, you know, like I said before, they signed uh, a couple of linebackers, a D tackle. Uh, they they re-signed. Uh, there are two tackles that were already there. So what they do is on day three, right? They go for two D tackles. They go for uh, Lecky Fotu, right? Uh, who happens to play nose tackle out of, out of Utah. Uh, really big guy, 6'5", 330 pounds. I was a big fan of this guy. 
They were big fans of this guy. They called him uh, Vita Vea 2.0. I was like, dude, that's really good because Vita Vea won the first round of the Buccaneers a couple years ago. So if you're saying that this is Vita Vea level quality, that's a really good D tackle. And I actually kind of – I don't agree that he's Vita Vea, but, dude, he's big, he's athletic, he's a space eater, and that's some of the words that they even use. Uh, and then they, they – back-to-back, two fourth-round picks they spent on defensive line. They get Rashard Lawrence out of LSU, right? And how they started talking about it was different. They didn't talk about him and, and what he brings to like what he brings athletically to the table. They were like, he's an alpha male. He's a tough guy. He's instinctive. He he's a, he's a mature leader. He's a tough guy. He's an alpha male. I thought that was an interesting way to talk about a player. Some of these guys are 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 character guys. That seems like a character thing. We want this guy to be a motivator in the defensive line room. Uh, you know, he was on LSU's defense. They were championship defense. He's a winner. He's a captain. They, a lot of these guys were captains. They were saying they, uh, uh, like I said, uh, and like I said before, Lucky Foto, really good run plugger. You know, they 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 got a no tackle who could really help stop the run. Uh, they they needed help on defense, right? Uh, we're gonna go into some of their depth chart after this, and it it, it clearly showed if you looked at last year that they were having some real issues. Uh. Just to go through, uh, the last two picks they had was Evan Weaver out of Cal. Uh, again, highly instinctive, smart, tough, senior. Uh, you know, uh, he was at the Senior Bowl. Uh, was a tough guy. You know, like they're saying, like, he's a tough guy. He was at the Senior Bowl. They got to know him a little bit from being there. And again, when you have this kind of a, uh, when you have a draft like this, again, you're especially like sixth round picks. They're usually dart throws. So they're like, you know, we'll take him. Uh, maybe he becomes, you know, we uh, they they looked at their linebacking core. They said, listen, we have Isaiah Simmons. They didn't draft him because he's a linebacker. That, that would be kind of silly. That's like if I went ahead and said, like, I'm drafting uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire strictly because he plays running back. They drafted uh, Isaiah Simmons because he is just so good on defense. You can use – he ran a 4.39 at 230 pounds. He's, uh, he's 6'4". He's got massive wingspan. This guy is an elite – defensive player and he played free safety he played corner i know we're going backwards now coming back up with this but the the reasoning is is now you know you signed a bunch of linebackers and free agency cheap deals you got a guy at the sixth round pick we're going to hear this a little bit later again with uh with the browns is the the dis the devaluation of uh necessarily linebackers but utilizing guys who are really good in coverage like a guy like isaiah simmons um in fact part of steve kimes presser was he made a point he wanted to fix the defense. He said he felt sorry for Vance Joseph, that he felt like he wasn't playing with a full deck of cards. N not up here, not like he was like, you know, missing a couple of cards and he didn't know how to play, but that he wasn't getting he wasn't getting the full hand, right? He was get, he was playing uh Texas Hold'em, but he only got one card to hold. Basically, he was playing like a, a, a few cards short. They had injuries. Like I said, they went out, they got Jordan Phillips. Uh, they've drafted two more D linemen. So their, their D line room's gotten bigger. Uh, their linebacking core, their back end's gotten bigger. They even got to protect Kyler Murray. And then they got Kyler Murray an all pro to throw to. And Kyler Murray apparently was was rallying for them to go ahead and uh, for, for them to go ahead and draft CeeDee Lamb, which, by the way, I would not hate. I think CeeDee Lamb's a very good player, uh, an elite receiving talent. But uh, I think what they did here made a lot of sense, right? You, you need to be build balance, and if a guy and and I think there's very little belief in my head. I think a what is the shot that this guy's going to be an elite level player? I think with 
the with your first pick, you got him, right? Blue chip level, Isaiah Simmons. Oh, my God, you watched him play in the any Clemson game, man. It was fun. Like I said, I'm a big fan of Josh Jones. Uh, and even the, the, the day three guys, I didn't hate. I thought there was, uh, you know, again, two good, uh, two good defensive tackles, a good shot at linebacker. And then with their last pick, they take Eno Benjamin, a guy who a lot of people were in love with in the draft process, a guy who could play three downs. You know, you need a backup to uh, to Kenyon Drake. I know you got uh, uh, you guys got the other running back there too, who who kind of played in in spot starts here and there, especially when David Johnson went down. Uh, in fact, I'll pull up the name. Um, oh, Chase Edmonds. I don't know why I forgot about that. I've had him on my fantasy teams before, hoping that David Johnson will go down. Knock on wood. I actually don't wish for injury. That's that's just a joke, everybody. Um, oh, we got Kenyon Drake there, who uh, was on the transition tag. Chase Edmonds, you know Benjamin. So the running back room is filling out. This is a guy who they felt like should have went higher. They thought he was going to go higher. So they said, you know, we'll take a flyer on him if he becomes our new backup. You know, maybe we trade away Chase Edmonds and and we let this guy develop because we get him on a longer deal as a free agent. Um, they didn't. You know, I know a lot of people are going to probably go. They didn't draft a wide receiver. Well, yeah. Well, they they traded for DeAndre Hopkins. They probably have too many receivers on their roster already. Drafting one in this draft just didn't make sense for them. You know, they got Hakeem Butler. They've got Keyshawn. Uh, is it? Let's just go through some of the receivers, right? They got Larry Fitzgerald, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk. Now, none of those guys are burners, right? But they're all good players, right? Um, Christian Kirk's got some speed to him. DeAndre Hopkins is just, he knows how to get open. Uh, and Larry Fitzgerald is a goat with good hands. Um, then... You look at Andy Isabella, Trent Sherfield, uh, Hakeem Butler, you know, Keyshawn Johnson. Uh, three of those four were drafted last year. Uh, those, dude, the amount of depth they have at receiver right now, they aren't going to be able to keep all those guys. So they're going to probably trade one of them away. Which one they do, I don't know. If they had drafted somebody, it would have made them push more to trade somebody away. So I dig what they're doing. Uh, I we, Now let's look at it as a whole, right? offense um did your offensive line get better well josh jones is going to be an interesting guy you know you hopefully get him in your system get him some practice reps you know uh day two pick third rounder he doesn't have to start right away uh you have marcus gilbert there anyway uh who hopefully will be healthy and be able to play in front of him uh you got justin Pugh playing guard you know you have enough pieces here and interior o-line in this class was not great and they you know they probably looked at it and said listen we got we got guys all over the place we probably don't need to go interior O-line. Um, we need a defense because we want to shut down everybody else, and that way Kyler Murray can go ahead and do his thing. Now you're pairing up, and this is the thing that really blows your mind. You don't need to think about this when you're looking at this draft, but you have Isaiah Simmons, right? And you're pairing him up with Chandler Jones. And, uh, and imagine having, like, you know, we don't have another – Arizona does not have another pass rusher outside of Chandler Jones who's really good. Well, now you kind of do with Isaiah Simmons. You have a blitz guy. Um Who's very good at it, very quick, and and, and will beat uh, beat some guys around the edge as a rusher or use him to blitz up the A-gap. So now you have a weapon there. That's a way that he affects the game there. You can play him at free safety, help if Byron jo you feel a little worried about Byron Jones, we can give a little bit of extra coverage that way. Hell, you can even play him at corner. Um, you know, don't forget they got Patrick Peterson still. They got Buda Baker. You know, this is a very unique uh 
defensive backfield, right? The back the back end of this defense is going to be very fun to watch. Uh, very unique, very, you know, very uh, – hopefully Vance Joseph gets to, to play his real form of defense now because he's got a lot of interesting tools. I don't think he's got the best tools around him. You know, they, they don't have an elite-level pass rusher outside of Chandler Jones, but Chandler Jones is amazing, so maybe you don't even need another guy. But uh, I like what they've got around on this team. Uh, I I'm in, I'm interested. I'm interested in seeing what they do in 2020. If you know, with the you know, even outside of Corona, the what they were able to do to help build up their defense, the the few offensive moves that they made definitely will at least aid in getting Kyler Murray the ability to pass the ball downfield. I want to see the the. Uh, I want to see the safety off on Kyler Murray. I want to see him throw the ball downfield. I know he can throw a good deep ball. Uh, he's athletic. I want to maybe see a little bit more what he can do. Uh, I want to see more out of Andy Isabella and Hakeem Butler. You know, these guys were drafted last year. Keyshawn Johnson actually played pretty well, right? Uh, you know, so, again, you have all these little pieces that you drafted last year. You're hoping they've already developed, that they're coming into this year, know the system better. Um, and it's a very fun, interesting system. Now, Charles Clay isn't there anymore at tight end. Maybe they pick up another piece there. Um, who else is there at tight end? Uh, Max Williams, so uh, formerly uh, Ravens guy. That's the thing. They're not really super strong at tight end, but they play a lot of four wide anyway. They were mixing it up with the amount of, with the tight ends that they had. Maybe they do re-sign Charles Clay back. I, I kind of like what they have up front. They got J.R. Sweezy, Mason Cole, Justin Pugh in the inside. I'm not a huge fan of J.R. Sweezy, but he's a he'll he'll be okay. Depends on what you're trying to do. And again, they they found the out of anybody who's ever had Kenyon Drake as a running back, they got some real good usage out of him. It's a good draft class. It looks like the pieces are coming together. Now, I don't see any particular part that I'm afraid of other than the receiving core, right? Like, that's the thing. Sometimes I look at a team like, what am I afraid of with this team? For instance, um, what was it? Back when, I, I don't want to, do I refer to it? Oh, San Francisco last year, right? San Francisco, what was I afraid of? Their D-line. Their D-line was crazy. And then not only that, I was afraid of Shanahan's offensive scheme. His, he's a scheming man. That man can scheme, scheme, scheme. That's all he does is scheme. He's a good schemer, and he re-schemes and schemes up more. Jet sweep, we'll add some, we'll add some motion. We'll, we'll make it look like we're all wi out wide, and then we'll go ahead and switch back to an eye formation. Oh, we'll go ahead and move, and we'll have uh, Debo Samuel running out of the backfield. Like, what's going on here? So, again, is, is that Cliff Kingsbury? I'm not really worried about Cliff Kingsbury's offense. I saw last year. It was interesting. It was good. It definitely was uh, high-paced. But I want to see more out of it. I want to see step two in that offense. Maybe DeAndre Hopkins opens that up for Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. And having two big receivers in, in Larry Fitzgerald and DeAndre Hopkins, two elite receivers who, you know, are, are amazing. And then also having Christian Kirk, who I thought was coming along really well. Might make you worried about Christian Kirk for fantasy. I definitely want to do a fantasy football episode regarding all these uh, rookies. The, the, the rookies with the biggest impact, if you will. So we will talk about that this week. Um, I'm only going to probably do two or three teams this week. I'm only going to probably do about two or three team episodes this week. And we have a couple of episodes we're coming up. Shane's going to be on a, an episode this week. Uh, so now we look at the defense, right? They signed Jordan Phillips. They have Zach Allen at left end, who they drafted last year. 
Uh, you're hoping he comes along. They have Corey Peters now. They you know they have Chandler Jones was the, the the cornerstone of their their pass rush, basically the guy on their pass rush. You know I think Zach Allen he can maybe if he's taken his next step forward, recovers from injury better. You know maybe recovers from injury, comes back, plays a little bit better. I think you have a little bit of opportunity there. Now you're getting in these D tackles: Jordan Phillips, uh, Licky Fotu, and uh, uh, Rashad Lawrence. And I think that gives you at least a good defensive line and a line that at least hold up against the run. Maybe you can blitz a little bit more, play a bit more man coverage. I'm not a big fan of Byron Murphy in man coverage, which I think is the problem with him getting drafted last year, was that he does not fit the scheme. Is He is a is zone corner. They've got Patrick Peterson, who is a shutdown man corner. Now, they might utilize him in a different way. They might utilize Byron Murphy in a different way. But they've got Buda Baker. they got all these guys who are man scheme elements. And the only thing is, is that Byron Murphy is really not that guy. Maybe they get a guy, and now we're talking about second-wave free agency, right, or post-draft free agency. Maybe they go ahead and get another corner. Maybe they pick up a guy in a trade. Maybe a guy gets released. So there's a lot of opportunity out there. Like today, today, Obi Melifonwu got released from the Patriots. Now, he's a safety, but people were looking at him as maybe as a, a corner conference. 6'4", ran really well at the Combine a few years ago. So uh, there's a lot of opportunities that uh, – that Arizona has they're in a rough division right early on we're looking at this and we got to say listen it's uh um you know it's a we're looking at this early on rough division you know definitely San Francisco's the one to beat do they but they put up a real fucking fight against San Francisco didn't they they were doing really well both times sorry I cursed but they did um you know they if if there's anybody who kind of exposed the worries about San Francisco and their defense and what they can do as far as like, who who can stand up against them, dude, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals did really well against them last year, and they exposed some weaknesses. So if that team gets better, you think Sherman's scaring DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk and Kenyon Drake? Well, Kenyon Drake was the guy who helped them just beat up on the the San Francisco uh, 49ers last year in a game. So I thought, listen, I am uh, I am a big fan of what they did in this draft. I am a huge fan of Josh Jones. I think that there again, it, there is a very. I think the LA Rams are kind of on a downturn, and they're going to pick back up eventually. But right now, they're on the downturn. The Seattle Seahawks are always just the Seattle Seahawks. They somehow, because of Russell Wilson, will probably make it to the playoffs as a wild card or win the division. Either way, they just seem to constantly keep doing it. And then you have Shanahan, the 49ers, who, uh, again, we will get to them. But, I, again, it's, uh, they, it, there's a lot of good pieces to what they have. So I think it's going to be a fun, interesting – the NFC West is going to be a fun, interesting division. Let's get on to my team, everybody. That's right. That's right. We are going to the Browns because, uh, you know, I, I, I've always felt like I had to wait, right? I had to wait, do other teams, make me eat my, my salad before I had my dessert kind of deal. The, the things they teach you in grade school when they don't teach you actually how to eat diets. That's a, you eat diets, right? That's what it is. You get a diet. Um, anyway, we got the, uh, we did the Cardinals. Let's do the Browns. Right, I'm doing. I'm eating my dessert first. I'm talking about my team because I'm happy. I'm happy they had a good draft, right? First pick, they take Jedrick Wills, right? Offensive tackle out of Alabama. Everybody's a little bit worried. Wait, he played right tackle. Jack Conklin plays the right tackle. What are you gonna do? Play two right tackles? Like, well, it's a possibility. 
But I'm just saying, maybe they switch him to left tackle. Ooh, interesting. I've never heard of that before. A college right tackle has historically played right tackle, now switching to left tackle. It's going to be hard. Maybe they figure it out. Maybe they switch Conklin to left tackle. Maybe they hire somebody else entirely. I don't know. It's possible they, they, they figured this out better than I do, right? Uh, I, I kind of like the move. Uh, I kind of like it. I love the move. What am I saying? I love it. I love Jedrick Wills. Jedrick Wills is my OT1. I'm, I'm so happy. Jedrick Wills, you are a king amongst men. You you devilish dog. You you are now a dog. You're part of the dog pound. All right. None of me. Let's stop the bragging. We got to tackle a 10. I, I Listen, if they had traded down, I would have been okay with it too. I just am so happy we got to tackle to help protect Baker Mayfield. This offensive line looks like it's coming together. It looks like the A-team, everybody. It's looking good. It's looking good. Baker's going to have some protection. They're going to play do some play action. They got Hooper. They got Njoku, who they exercised the fifth-year option on, as well as Miles Garrett. Very happy about both those men staying Browns for at least two more years, probably. Well, you don't know. Okay, like they might trade Njoku. And, and that, that fifth-year option on a tight end who's drafted towards the end of the, the first round might not actually be that heavy. I think it's about $6 million, so it's not that bad. It actually might be a trade piece. Anyway, Browns. Let's talk about Let's talk about the Browns. Like uh, again, I haven't talked about the Browns in a while on this podcast. Well, uh, I mean, I talk about them almost every podcast. I haven't talked about them in depth on this podcast probably before free agency started. Right? It's one of my uh, my 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 back pocket cards. So I have done a looking forward on them before, but it was before free agency. They uh, they signed Austin Hooper, Jack Conklin, Carl Joseph, Andrew Sendejo. Let's let's go into it a little bit, right? Hooper, they signed to a multi-year deal. Jack Conklin, they signed to a three-year deal. A lot of guarantees. Uh, very low amount, though, right? Short deal, $14 million on average, uh, three years. But because it's that short deal, he gets out again, so he's happy. And the Browns are like, you know what, fine, we will find a, we'll try and find a replacement in that time. And if not, we just extend you then. So I like that move. Jack Conklin. Then they go for Austin Hooper. Actually, Austin Hooper came first. Austin Hooper was a – and they signed, he basically gave him a four-year deal, almost fully guaranteed because he has avoidable years on the end of it. So you, like, you're going to have a cap hit if you release him in that time. Very weird, very different for Andrew Berry, right? We weren't expecting him to be all super guaranteed. Like I thought the the stalwart, the the, the big thing they put up on the wall in the, in the Browns building was try not to guarantee more than two years. Thought this was a big deal. But no, they went ahead. They did it anyway. It was, it was kind of cool. A little freaky deaky. But um, anyway, uh, so they signed Hooper, right? They get this tight end, high end, tight end. But and guarantee him uh, about $11 million, $12 million a year. Um, Which actually I'm not bad. Like I'm not that, – that doesn't scare me. Like you got to realize like if you're paying $10 million a year for a tight end, right? Like, yeah, okay, they're paying double digits for a tight end, but he's – he, he might be the highest paid tight end, but tight end is still like the highest paid tight end is eight to ten million less. Amari Cooper's getting paid twenty million. You can pay both Njoku an extension and Austin Hooper what you're paying him for the same amount as Amari Cooper. I, I don't know. Kind of kind of gives you an idea of the value of tight end in the NFL, and maybe the uh, the underutilized asset of tight end in the NFL. And by the way, Browns, they drafted another tight end. They love the tight ends now. They're, they're just becoming part of that kind of offense. So signed Austin Hooper and Jack Conklin. Then what they did, once they got these uh, the offense settled, right, they restructured Chris Hubbard's deal. They released a bunch of guys coming into the year. TJ Carey, you're gone. We let you go. 
I might it might have already happened by the time we had done the Looking Forward series. T.J. Carey and uh, Kush and whole host of guys. So what do they do? They have to fix the defense, right? They need some safeties, right? They have Shelter Gredwine. He's basically the, uh, one of the two guys left on the roster from Mass Exodus and Free Agency. So they signed Carl Joseph to a one-year deal. They signed Andrew Sandejo to a one-year deal. They signed Adrian Claiborne, defensive end, to be the backup. Two-year deal. Not bad. This is actually one of the more la- like last-time, de- uh, later deals. Uh, la- uh, and one of the more later deals is also Evan Brown at center, like, like a backup center guy who's going like, to compete to be on the roster. Uh, you had Kevin Johnson, right? Uh, former first-round pick of the Texans, been injured a lot. Was at the Bills, played pretty well at the Bills. Might be slot corner, kind of a big slot corner, but it would not be a bad idea of having a big slot corner. They're big slot receivers now too. They make them all different shapes and sizes. They're multi, uh, multi-faceted group. They will, anyway. Uh, and maybe he even competes with Greedy Williams for outside corner. Maybe they give him an extension instead of keeping Greedy Williams or extending Greedy Williams. Who knows? Um, so now you have Kevin Johnson. Who again, former first round pick, just like Carl Joseph. So you've added to the defensive backfield. You got Anderson Deho. Then they they also signed Andrew Billings, defensive tackle. Dude, this guy's a good D tackle, right? Now you're adding to your D line depth, right? Again, all these guys are on one year deals, so they could all leave next year. But the good thing is, when they leave, you get compensatory picks. They walk away. You're going, yay! I'm money made out of money. They're just walking away. They become compensatory picks. They add to the formula. You go ahead. Maybe they get signed to a bigger deal. You hope they do well in your system. Um, Billings will help with the run defense. You know, help spell Larry Ogunjobi. Dude, now you can mix and match with that interior D line, right? Now, now you're not worrying as much to stop the run. They did let Joe Schobert leave. They cut Christian Kirksey. Th- those were sad days for bo- for me because I liked both those players. Kirksey was a leader on the defense. Schobert was the fucking general. Schobert knew his shit. That team played ten times better when Schobert was on the field. I, I get it. Schobert leaves. He gets paid about ten million from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Give it ten to twelve million. Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, playing a little bit of a. I, I don't think any linebacker got paid more than twelve million, and it was at over ten. So. So they lose Schobert. They lose um, Kirksey. They sign uh, B.J. Goodson, right? Cheap contract. Keep in mind, they also have Sion Takitaki and Mac Wilson on the roster. And uh, so now what do they do? Oh, they also sign Browns, Case Keenum. Now, these aren't all in order, right? Case Keenum, they sign him a three-year deal. Good backup quarterback. Uh, and actually, I think it was an underrated deal, right? Not because I think Case Keenum is going to be needed, but I think you will see down the line some team is going to be missing a quarterback and they need a high-end starter, they need a low-end starter, high-end backup, and they're going to say, hey, we need one. Is there anybody out there? Does anybody hear us? And then the Browns come in and they say, listen, you give us your second rounder, we give you Case Keenum or third rounder. But any kind of money, any kind of pick would be a benefit for what you're paying Case Keenum. So we've gone over the free agency. Right now, let's get into the draft. And the draft was fun. It was, uh, they first off, first round, talked to you already. They drafted Jedrick Wills. Second round, right? They trade back a few picks with the Colts, get a fifth rounder. The Colts go up. They take uh, one of their guys. And who do the Browns still get? The Browns get Grant Delpit, a guy who everybody was talking about as a first-round pick going into this year, right? And then all of a sudden he slips to the second round because he doesn't like to tackle. Same story as Greedy Williams, but I think he's a much better player than Greedy Williams. 
Granted, he's a safety, but he's a 6'3 safety. And by the way, you watch his highlights, you watch his tape, you'll be like, you know what? This is good. We got some. We got a good player here. We got we got a guy. Um, he also played injured last year. That might have affected a little bit of his play. Uh, but again, like I just think he he is a dog. He is good. Six three, rangy safety, ball hawk. They're gonna utilize him. And I actually had to look up a little bit about Joe Woods' defense, right? Like I, I've done it before, and it's kind of hard because Joe Woods has been in a lot of systems. Because like I'm looking at Delpit, I'm like, this guy be a great single high free safety. But then you're hearing, like, well, maybe they play more quarters coverages, like Minnesota. And then you realize, dude, he likes to play everything, right? He was the guy, you know, he was in, when he went to San Francisco, he's like, dude, I like cover three, but have you heard of this thing called cover two as well? We can mix and match. You don't have to just play cover one man, cover three zone. You don't have to just do that. We, we can do other things, too. We can make them think we're going to play cover one and switch to cover two. We can, and by the way, this is the thing that, that's going to be a stalwart of Joe Woods' defense. I love it. There's going to be things we want to know, right? How much more? He does seem to favor man more than zone. All right. That's cool. Big fan of press man coverage. By the way, it's probably more beneficial to Greedy Williams and uh, Denzel Ward because they've played that. I, I know they. that's a big thing they teach at LSU. It's probably a bigger thing for um, for for Greedy Williams. He was kind of – even his build, his design, but, but when they built Greedy Williams in the Greedy Williams lab, he was designed for press man, runs a 4-3. He's, he's a man coverage corner, which is great because then you're going to utilize that rangy, deep safety, Grant Delpin. He's going to snag some balls up here. That's the guy who's going to have to get your turnovers if you're running a lot of man coverage. So, uh, yeah, Joe Woods comes in. They, uh, it's going all over the map. But, like, because that was what I was worried about. I'm like, wait, like, because I thought uh, this is what I was thinking. I thought De uh, Grant Delpit, cover one, Kind of like San Francisco, maybe he's going to be the uh, Earl Thomas of the defense kind of deal, like what they had in Seattle. And I think that's where he's going to play. They're going to probably mix and match. So this is a great thing. So anyway, Grant Delpit, I'm a big fan. Um, you know, this guy was this guy was a rager. Like I got to realize, a year ago today, people were like top five pick, top five pick. He was the Isaiah Simmons before Isaiah Simmons was. Because I remember Isaiah Simmons was supposed to come out last year too, and people were like, uh, he's going back. So. Both those guys were just such, you know, like you coming into this year, and now they're, Isaiah Simmons went up, and Delpit went down. So Delpit was, dude, I'm so glad they got Delpit. It kind of seals off, like, okay, like Demarius Randall, they lost him. That was, like I said, safeties just went bye-bye. Demarius Randall's gone. They needed a free safety. They needed a guy who can, and he's versatile. He can cover tight ends, take them out. He's, uh, you can play him in the slot as a slot corner. You can play him at free safety. You can play him in quarters coverage. It's going to be a fun, fun defensive scheme, and I like Delpit. So, okay, those are our first two picks, right? Third round. Browns trade back, get a third-round pick next year from the Saints. Brilliant. I'm a big fan of trading back. I'm a big fan of getting extra picks. Uh, why? Because you get extra shots at the Apple, right? Especially top 100 picks. Top 50 picks are the best. Top 100 picks are, just almost, like, are the next stop, right? So they trade back with the Saints, and they still get this guy called Jordan Elliott out of Missouri, who I know PFF loved him. I like him. He's a three-tech. So maybe it was uh, – there's some questions that people may be worried about that he's holding up against double teams in the run game, and double teams happen all the time. A lot of, te a lot of D tackles can't hold up against double teams very well, and he actually has a, a method for actually beating double teams. He could split them pretty well. But, you know, I think there's some worries about – Technique? I don't know. I, again, he, he he's a, a rough... It, it, 
PFF wanted him in the first round, let me put it that way, if PFF was running the board, that he would have gone, basically, their theory is that Brown's got three first-rounders here. So that's pretty good, right? Can't hate on that. Those three guys are great. I actually like their day three picks as well, right? Uh, the first one of their day. Oh, okay, wait a second. They had another day two pick. Uh, we got to talk about him. Uh, he's probably the guy that everybody's kind of not a huge fan of or is like the, the more what-the-fuck kind of pick. And it was Phillips out of LSU, linebacker. But he, you know, I think the depending on where – I don't think anybody had him ranked ahead of uh, where they took him, right? It's fine. You know what? You, you get one mulligan, right? That was your mulligan. There you go. Day three, I think, even keeps me liking this, this, this draft class, right? I think Harrison Bryant out of uh, Florida Atlantic. He's this. Uh, he's not the biggest tight end. He's not the bulkiest tight end, but he catches a lot of balls. He's very. He's he's very much the. If you wanted the all around tight end, this is the guy you go for, right? He is big enough that like he's big enough to be a tight end. He's big. You know, yeah, he can run block. He he knows he has the technique to run block. He probably has to add a little bit of weight to be able to pull that off. He's not super athletic, but he's got good hands. He's actually basically Austin Hooper, right? So you have two Austin Hoopers on the roster, but you kind of need that. You can't just have a guy go down and then be kind of screwed. Plus, you know, David Njoku might be gone in two years. Who knows? So you need you need to replenish the roster. This guy was there. It was perfect for them on their board. This is what they like. So Harrison Bryant, versatile tight end, can catch and block well. Uh, again, he doesn't have like a big – Build. He doesn't have a great athletic profile, but he's just good, right? Same thing with a lot of tight ends. Tight ends are not like not everybody's David and Joku, where they're athletic freaks, or Evan Ingram, or Jordan Reed, who's a free agent right now. So you get that guy, right? Then fifth round, Nick Harris, right? Guy who some teams probably could have as a starter at center, right? This guy was very similar to Garrett Bradbury, guy who came out last year, uh, outside, good in outside zone, uh perfect scheme fit, right? That's kind of what is going to be the bread and butter of the Browns offense, right? A lot of outside zone play action. So you already have J.C. Treader, but you also have a worry of, you know, Treader's played really well the last two years. He's also had to play through injury, which kind of scares you because you know one day the injury might, the injury bug might get you. You've been very lucky so far. So to have a backup who is a good high-end backup who projects as potentially a starter for some teams is amazing he might compete at guard he really doesn't have the build for guard he's really more of you want a high-end backup who knows your scheme uh i yeah again like i think that's what he's really there for so he's truly and even when you heard the the conversations from when you heard the press conference from andrew barry he kind of said listen he's really more of a center he'll get some cross training at guard because you're going to need him right you're going to need cross training at guard because guys go down, you only get to carry so many guys. You do get an extra guy on the roster this year. The roster's up to 55-man roster, so that's good. But still, like you, you only get to game day, you only get so many guys. So not having to worry about, hey, like, again, like some scheme versatility, sure. Uh, like some uh, positional versatility, sure. But really, you needed a backup for J.C. Treader. Um, and you preferably want three guys who can snap. So then comes sixth round, right? Donovan Peoples-Jones gets drafted by the Cleveland Browns in the sixth round. This guy probably could have went in the fourth or even the third in other years. But because it was such a deep receiver class, 
And there was guys all over the board. By the way, I like our receiving core. I like the Browns' receiving core. They got Odell and Jarvis. It's great. But outside of the two of them, who do you have? Taewon Taylor? Ratley? Like, it's not, it's not a good receiving core, right? They don't have Higgins anymore. They don't have Baker's love child. Hopefully he comes back. Maybe they get him from a cheap deal. But again, they don't. They needed a developmental guy. This is a good draft to take those kind of players in. So what happens? Donovan Peoples-Jones, 6'2", speed freak out of Michigan. Um, a lot of rumors he was underutilized there. I watched his tape again, and I watched his tape before he was a Brown. I watched his tape doing the prep for this uh, this draft, and I, I kind of felt like he went again. I felt like he probably should have went higher, but uh, you know, I felt like he was more of like a round four, round five guy. Big guy, big body, good speed. Uh, they had him do punt returns. He had two punt returns for touchdowns. I, if you wanted to take a like a uh, potential to have a first off, what is the thing that the Browns don't have? Size and straight line speed, right? So this guy gives you a little bit of that. Now, granted, he's he's not really much faster than Odell, so he's I don't know about really truly getting a what, but you got something. You got a piece that you, you were missing, right? What if Odell goes down for a bit? What happens if Jarvis isn't starting for the year because of the hip? So now you have another piece. You needed another receiver. Taewon Taylor is going to be there for you at the second year, but. You know, you have more pieces to this roster, and not only that, but there's gonna be there's gonna be guys who get traded away and cut. And like I said before, Obi Melifonlu was uh, was released. Uh, another guy who was traded was Marquise Goodwin from uh, the the 49ers. He was traded to the Eagles. But like I said, like there's you have an opportunity to grab guys in these you know who are gonna maybe not be on rosters anymore, or gonna get waived, or gonna get traded. Guys who maybe are good high-end level because it's such a good class that it might kind of flush out some rosters. So what does this mean anyway, right? The Browns, now they got Jedrick Wills. They had this weird, they had this amazing offseason. They had great draft, right? Like maybe one questionable pick in the whole bunch. Everybody else totally makes sense, totally good. Uh, what does this mean? Well, you look at the offensive line, right? Um, at Jedrick Wills, uh, Joel Batonio, J.C. Treader. You might have a little bit of a camp fight at guard between Wyatt Teller and Drew Forbes, and then you got right tackle Jack Conklin. You've got a, a host of tight ends between Carlson and Farrell Cooper, who are guys who are already on the roster, plus Bryant. And then you also signed Hooper, and you also have a high-end draft pick in David Njoku. It's a lot of guys in there. Now, maybe one or two of them doesn't make it on the onto the team, but you're probably going to keep four guys, especially because now they've even extended the rosters, and this team is very much built off the tight end. Uh, so now that's the tight end core. The receiving core is the only thing you might have some question with, but how do you have too many questions when you have Odell and Jarvis as the main part of it? So really what you're talking about is wide receiver three, wide receiver four is the question. Taewon Taylor, we've seen him be pretty good in the NFL, right? So maybe he could be the good tight end, uh, wide receiver three there. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, man, if he can develop and become a good receiver, like what people thought he could be when he went to Michigan. And again, like part of the problem with Michigan was they had, you know, it was the quarterback questions, right? So without, you know, they, they don't have a good system for him. They weren't utilizing him right. The the quarterback's really not really that great of a quarterback. You know, Shea Patterson and McCaffrey's brother. So basically what I'm going with here is, dude, the offense looks like it should be good. Now, you're, now you actually have a head coach who kind of knows what he wants to do with the team. He has a plan. He has a scheme. It's very similar to the Shanahan scheme. We're going to have a fullback, some tight ends, 
play a lot of two tight end. They are going to utilize what they have available to them, right? So, you know, in this scheme, they're they're they they like the tight end. They're going to utilize and throw to the tight ends. They're going to run a lot. They're going to run a lot of play action. They got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I'm shocked Kareem Hunt's still on the roster. I thought they would have traded him. I thought they would have drafted a running back at, like in the later rounds. They didn't do either of those things. So Kareem Hunt's still on the roster. Maybe he gets traded next year midseason. Uh, I'm, you know, and maybe they find a, a UDFA. I'm not a big fan of the other guys who are in their running back room outside of Hunt and Chubb. Not that I don't love Hunt, and I believe Hunt probably even wants to stay there longer because it's his hometown. So, offense sounds great. Baker, good luck to you. Not only that, but also offensive line. Now they have depth. Nick Harris. They have uh, Kendall Lamb and Hubbard. Got that, you know, restructured deal so he could stay on as a backup. That's great. You know, to have, even though, like, okay, yeah, he wasn't the greatest tackle last year, but imagine you now have two depth pieces at tackle who are swing tackles. That's great. You know, maybe Hubbard competes for right guard. Who knows? Maybe he'd be better at guard. I, I don't think so, but it's an option. So, offense looks good. Dude, defense was already a very strong part of this team. Now, they had a lot of guys who left. TJ Carey's gone. Demarius Randall's gone. Um, You know, Schobert and Kirksey. So the real weakness here is still at linebacker. They have a, a bunch of interesting guys, you know, drafted Phillips. They signed Goodson. They have Sion Takitaki and Mac Wilson. Safety, dude, safety looks like it's going to be, I think they're going to be playing a lot of defensive backs. I think they're looking at this as a nickel and dime defense, right? Andrew Sandejo. They got Sheldrick Redwine. They got Carl Joseph. They've got uh, Grant Delpit. They, uh... I think there's one other guy still left on the roster that was a safety last year. They lost Burgess. They lost a bunch of guys. But we're talking about now four or five guys deep that are very intriguing players. And then, you know, undrafted free agents, guys who become released, and you, through trades you get more pieces. Uh, you know, but Joseph probably uh, is more of a, you know, true strong safety. Sandejo's going to probably be a little bit more versatile and also a little bit of a slot guy, kind of the, 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 the third safety kind of deal Delpit probably fits better and they're all very versatile so they could match up and line up in a lot of different spots but there's a lot of good here and not only that Carl Joseph can play like this pseudo linebacker safety if you will so there's some benefit to what Joseph does you know strong safety box safety kind of deal so the defense is looking like it's coming together Carl you know uh you know, we talked before about uh the, the cornerbacks, right? Greedy Williams, Terrence Mitchell's still on the roster. He's still a holdover from the Dorsey years. You got Greedy Williams. Uh, you got Kevin Johnson. So all these pieces. I, I think maybe they go for a corner a safety hybrid in free agency still with the second wave of free agency or this new wave of free agency. But outside of that, like, there's not a lot missing. The D-line looks great. You got Miles Garrett. You got Sheldon Richardson. You got Larry Ogunjobi. And you got Olivier Vernon, right? Hopefully Olivier Vernon stays healthy. There was a lot of rumors he might get cut or traded. They might go for Everson Griffin or Jadavian Clowney if they give you a cheaper deal. But it looks like he's staying for the long haul. So you got that, those four guys on the D-line. Well, guess what? Your depth is really good, too. You got Adrian Claiborne, right? He's here for a two-year deal. You just signed Andrew Billings. He could rotate in between Shel uh, Sheldon Richardson and Larry Ogunjobi. You know, if you need to slow, stop the run, you, you could stick him with Larry Ogunjobi, and that would really help. If you're in a NASCAR package, well, now you got Jordan Elliott, who you drafted. Um, Porter Gustin, they seem to be pretty high on, a guy who they kind of got in free as a, off the practice squad last year and it's kind of been 
He's been better than Chad Smith, but Chad Smith's still there too. Remember Chad Smith? I barely do. Definitely not from from games. Anyway, so Browns, dude, I I like what they got. A lot of talent here. Hopefully, you know, hopefully even with Corona, they can put something together that would be really spectacular. I'm interested. I'm interested in seeing what they do. Baker, I love you. Case, help them out. Everybody, I cannot wait for this season. I hope it happens. Um, I think they have the pieces to be a real contender. If they had a real offseason, I think it would be really contending. Um, anyway, I think that's it, man. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, you can follow the podcast at DraftVice on Twitter, at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at Brojo Death Punch. That's B-R-O-J-O. Death is in the end of life. Punch like you did to your mom in the face. Yeah. And then, um... Like I said, that new project, Punk Law 101. Uh, like, follow, subscribe. Uh, probably some videos around here somewhere at the end of this thing. And then uh, take care. TTFN. That's all for now. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about to pass. I'm about to